Chapter Twenty Six of Against Odds by Lawrence L. Lynch. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Lynn Thompson. Chapter Twenty Six A Columbian Guard. It was still our theory, Dave's and mine, that, granted our original quarry was still in the White City, we must sooner or later encounter it if we continued to traverse the thickly populated enclosure long enough and with an eye single to our search we believed as firmly yes more firmly than at first that delbras and his band were still much of the time in midway and after long watching we had grown to believe that they had somewhere upon stony island avenue a retreat where all could find shelter and safety in time of need but one thing's certain quoth dave when we were discussing the matter wherever the place is they can approach it from more directions and more entrances than one they some of them have been seen to enter saloons to go upstairs around corners and into basements and are never seen to come out i can only account for it in one way and what is that i questioned they enter always at the side or rear and never at the front and they only do this when they know by signal that the way is clear if that is true i said we shall find them sooner or later one of the characters assumed by me when going about the grounds in my capacity of a detective was that of a columbian guard i had a natty blue uniform in which when donned with the addition of a brown curly wig and a luxuriant moustache just light enough to be called blonde I became a really distinguished guard and more than once when thus attired I have watched the conscious faces and overburdened shoulders and heads of the multitude of uniformed martyrs who on these oft recurring dedication days state and national not to mention receptions to the great native and foreign tramped in sun mud or rain arrayed in all the rainbow hues beplumed gilded and uncomfortable and have thanked the good sense and good taste that evolved for the manly good-looking cg a uniform at once tasteful soldierly and subdued in which one might walk abroad and not feel shamefacedly aware that he was too brilliantly picturesque for comfort in this array i have more than once passed my acquaintances of the bureau and the hospital miss jenrys and her aunt and even lossing until one day it occurred to me that i might keep him near me enjoy his society and still be on duty by making myself known and so until he chose to go on duty for a part of the day we went up and down midway and in and out of the foreign villages together as dave described us keeping step with our chin straps up we had made our first acquaintance in the pleasance as a brace of guards off duty on the day upon which i posted the decoy letter to the little brunette i have made this letter as brief as possible merely asking her to name a day or evening when she would be at liberty to do the liberal arts etc in company with the writer and upon second thought i saw that it would be a great mistake for me to call for the reply in case the brunette caught at the bait she had shown herself a wary opponent and she might think it worth while to know who received her answer it was late in the day when we left midway 
and with this new thought in my mind i dropped lossing's arm as we approached the java village and skirting the west side of the enclosure left the grounds by the midway exit at madison avenue and hastened on to washington avenue as i turned a corner i saw a smart carriage at miss jenrys's door but before i had reached the house i saw the driver turn his head and gather up his reins and the next moment monsieur voisin attired as if for a visit of ceremony came down the steps slowly almost reluctantly it seemed to me entered the carriage and dashed past me without a glance to right or left a card brought miss jenrys to the little reception room where i waited and when she had inspected my disguise which she declared quite perfect i made known my errand and as i fully expected she declared my second thought best i will go to-morrow there will hardly be an answer before that time and suppose we should meet before i could reply the door opened and miss ross came in a disguised detective is a thing to see she declared and then when she had looked me over and marvelled at the fit of my wig she turned to her niece june child did thee speak of our dilemma auntie you must give me time her face flushing rosily time indeed did not this young man's card say a moment in haste and can we entertain this strange young man by the hour fie upon thee june do thy duty else june's hand went out in a pretty gesture and between the two they made the dilemma clear to me some time since when miss jenrys had expressed a wish to see the plaisance thoroughly i had offered my services promising to take them safely through the strange places behind the mysterious gates and doors where they had not ventured to penetrate alone now they had an especial reason for wishing to make this excursion on the next day and would i be at liberty i assured them that in any case i should doubtless pass a part of the day at least in midway and if they would allow me to include lossing in our party there need be no change save that instead of wearing our guards uniform we would go as citizen sightseers and instead of a party of two there would be a quartet and so it was arranged before leaving the house i had been told what i had surmised before entering monsieur voisin had asked miss jenrys to drive with him and when she had declined upon a plea of indisposition he had renewed the invitation for the following day whereupon miss jenrys in sheer desperation recalled that proposed visit to midway and falling back upon that once more declined with thanks certainly monsieur voisin was a persistent wooer he was much in my thoughts after i had left the ladies and quite naturally followed me into dreamland my head was heavy with pain and i went to my room at an early hour it was long before the lotion did its work and i fell asleep and then i dreamed that monsieur voisin had carried off june jenrys and had shut her into an old building in care of the brunette who locked her in a room at the top of the house and then set it on fire below i saw the flames shoot forth i saw june's face pallid and desperate at the window beyond the reach of the highest ladder i saw lossing dash through the flames and with a yell i awoke End of chapter twenty six